We are a proud member of the 143 Podcast Network. All right, it's only been like two weeks, and here we are back again. Yeah, we're getting back into a little groove, maybe. It's kind of funny, I mentioned this last time, but I never really know how to start off talking, because uh, <laughs> we don't have like a proper intro or anything. I've listened to uh, one full episode and then one partial episode of DC Everything Else, which I mentioned that last time. Uh-huh. Um, so it's Mike Myers and Rob Krieger and uh, and Joe and uh, Kirk. And so I'd been talking to all of them on Twitter more often. It's like, I should listen to this. And it was just nice hearing people talk, you know? Yeah. But what struck me, so today I started listening to their, their episode that just came out. Mm-hmm. And... Um, they just start recording as soon as they uh, they start the Skype call. So it always starts out with the Skype music, you know? <laughs> Michael, Mike, 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 he goes, hello. Yep. <laughs> almost every every podcast he does, almost is like, hello. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I was like, yeah, you know, I, I think it's just, uh, I love that he does that. Just uh, jumps right in. He does that on all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyways, let's figure we start talking. That's the way when me and Dave hang out, we'll just be sitting back in his little toy museum, uh, sitting before the microphones, and he always hits record before I even know it. So we're usually in mid conversation when the sh- when he starts recording and doesn't tell me. So, but that's that's the way to do it. That's all cool. When I used to record with other people, we would. Uh, we would just get chatting, and we'd start recording as soon as we started the call, but we wouldn't start, you know, like, a, part of it would get cut off, but it'd always be good, because we kind of have this, like, fluid, rolling uh, conversation, and then jump into it. And, yeah, you know. yeah. But anyways, uh, yeah, so the last couple weeks, uh, it's, it's only been a couple weeks, which is amazing. Um I I've been back to work and things have been hectic and crazy. So the last time we talked, it had been a while for one, but I also had just read a ton of stuff. And uh, this time I haven't read as much stuff, but I have a ton of stuff queued up. And uh, this is a continuation of last time I mentioned that my library, I am very lucky and blessed right now, yeah. is giving us 50 hoopla downloads. That's just insane. Like when I got there, there was a brief period where I got 10 a month and that I couldn't even get through regularly Uh, with 50 a month. It's like you can just try random things and it doesn't matter. Like you try a ton of random things and not like it and not continue on. It doesn't matter because you're never going to use everything. Yeah. So I thought I would start off by saying one, the few things I actually have read since the last time we talked. And then two, the massive amount of stuff that I've queued up to read, uh, that I have about, I think, 18 days left to read, however much I'm going to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then that'll take me to the 21st. So I, most of these I checked out the last minute. It's so like the 30th of April. Uh, it gives me till the 21st when they go back. And then that'll give me 10 days in May to check out another 50, you know, things. So, uh, the first thing I read after the last time we talked was I read uh, the first trade of Ronan Island. Uh, Greg Pock writes it. I didn't write down any names, so forgive me for not knowing anybody's names. But I, I'll probably know most of the writers' names just offhand, but the artists probably not as much. Yeah. Um, so anyways, Ronan Island, uh, it's on uh, published by Boom, I believe. Uh, and it just being a Ronan book caught my attention. I like Greg Pock, of course. Oh, yeah. And I started reading it. My first impression was... 
it felt a little too, I don't know, like, um, kiddish, a little too tame, a little too, I don't know, just like, it didn't seem too interesting at first, but by the time I got to the end of the trade, it was much more interesting. So, uh, there is actually a good amount all uh, still available on Hoopla that I'll be checking out, um, probably with my next batch of downloads, but that one was, a uh, was pretty good. I would definitely say if anybody has any interest in it, it's worth checking out. Uh, and then I tried a couple things. So I believe I had mentioned this last time, but Dynamite did a thing where for $10, you could get 20 comics shipped to you, and that included shipping. Yeah. And so I did that. I got random 20 Dynamite comics, and I was just looking through. I was like, you know, I should really dip my toes into some of this stuff and try different things that usually I wouldn't. And the thing that's hard for me with Dynamite is some of the stuff really is kind of the stuff that I typically would stay away from, and then some of the stuff just, I don't know, doesn't, like really draw my interest in Mm -hmm. like without but you know so i don't know like it's just it's always been hard like the stuff that i've read with dynamite has been like the gold key stuff but that's because i was so into valiant and i liked what valiant did with it better um not to say that i didn't enjoy some of the dynamite stuff also yeah um one thing i've read in dynamite in the past i did enjoy was gail simone's red sonia so i said i just gotta try more things so the first thing i tried was deja thoris which i've never read and this is one of those I typically would stay away from because, like, you know, even the covers of everything are very scantily clad, and it's not really my type of thing. Right. But I said, I know there's more to this. I actually Googled Deja Thoris before I downloaded anything and learned, uh, you know, like, where she comes from. Um, and I'm going to blank on the, the writer's name. You probably know offhand. No, I'm not familiar uh, with that one. Uh, oh, crap. Who's um, – I'm going to totally blank on the other guy. You'd know if I said the other guy that uh, he writes, uh, uh, is it Edgar Rice Burroughs or something like that? Oh, yeah. Well, the guy like, that did sci-fi. Tar- yeah. He did Tarzan. Yeah, he did uh, John Carter. That's the other one. Yeah. Is yeah. that Edgar Rice Burroughs? Yeah. So John Carter is related to Deja Thoris. So Deja Thoris is just like he goes to, you know, whatever, Mars. Um, anyway, so I, I read some of that and the it was okay. Um the first trade I got through pretty well, and then I saw that there was like an omnibus version that had three trades, so I went ahead and downloaded that one and picked up where I had left off. And by about halfway through the second trade, I kind of got bored with the story. Um, it just, it was kind of, I think it's one of those things where the story's fine as long as there are other factors that are drawing you in, and they weren't really, so I gave it a try and I moved on from Deja Thoris. Um, then I tried Vampirella, and I didn't even make it through an issue of that. And just wasn't right for me. Moved on from that. <laughs> I don't know if it's uh, purposefully campy or something like that, but one of the things was just, I don't know, I, I didn't care for it. Uh, that, but then I moved on. So I, those were a couple of things I tried that I didn't think I would like. Yeah. Uh, but then I moved on to something that I was very excited to try that had come highly recommended, and that is Folklore. Yes, I think I mentioned that last time. And I, yeah. Yeah. Just, you enjoyed it, right? Oh, yeah, there were five issues available, and I read all of those, and I really want more. Matt Kent um, and Matt Smith is the artist. The only reason I can remember that offhand is because, you know, they're both Matt, so it's easy. Um, but, yeah, I really enjoyed Folklords. Well, I was looking up about it today, and it's it's that that was the fifth issue of five issues, so I don't know if we're going to get more. I hope it's kind of like when he did Ether and, you know, carried on with another series of miniseries based on it because it's left open-ended to where it's like the adventure is just getting really started yeah I, you know i i didn't know that i didn't either but just reading it 
it feels like there has to be more issues. There has like, to I, be. It doesn't even feel like that was left as a, cl- a potential cliffhanger. That feels like it was like not ended. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels like at some point they, they switched the idea from it being a five issue limited. Like, I wonder if they got approval to expand it before they hit the fifth issue. Uh-huh. So they, you know, adjusted. Like, you've seen that before yeah. where something will be a five issue limited miniseries. Then by the third, suddenly it's a six issue limited miniseries or, you know. I don't want to spoil um, it for anybody, but something definitely happens. The last couple of pages is a, definitely a shift to where it could expand into, a, let's just say, another setting. Um, yeah, like it's definitely leading to something. So I, I definitely hope we get more of that. I loved everything about it. And that Matt Smith, he apparently has done art for BPRD, which you're, I know you're familiar yep. with. Yeah. yeah. I love BPRD. There's a lot of great artists that have done stuff. Like I read through tons of BPRD cause there's a lot of it and I've read all of it, uh, except for some of the more recent stuff the last, like probably the last couple of years, maybe I haven't kept up with everything since they ended hell on earth. Um, but there's so many artists that I come across. I'm like, man, I really like their stuff. And then I realized that they did BPRD stuff also. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. I liked it all. Definitely like that style. And I like the way he, but, uh, he has, how he has sometimes the two levels of storytelling. Like he'll have the, the actual dialogue in the story and then he'll have another level of text where he's telling the story. Sometimes he'll go throughout the story with it. He did that in a lot of his value stuff, especially, um, in like a divinity where there'd be two different stories or something that they're they're tying together in a way yeah yeah and in that way he kind of plays and with jack he did the thing where he worked forward from one side and backwards from another side yeah. and of course mind management with the um all the little hidden texts and stuff around the sides of the pages and stuff like that uh yeah so i really enjoyed that one mm-hmm. and then from there I think that kind of was at the point where I was uh okay I'm get I'm starting to get to the point where I have to use up these downloads now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that my my last set of downloads had lapsed so a bunch of stuff like auto returned. So I had asked people for some recommendations. So one thing I checked out and I've read the first trade of it and I'm progr- like there's single issues after that but I'm progressing through it is called Ghosted in LA. Mm. Um actually let me let me look up the name of that creator cuz I'm in the midst of that. So that one I don't think it's something that would have caught my attention on my own, but a couple of people spoke highly of it. So, once again, there's no risk. I give it a try, you know. And starting to read it, kind of like uh, Ronan Island. At first, it just it didn't seem right for me. But as I kept going in it, it um, drew me in more. Wow. And it got more interesting. Uh, it is written by Cine Grace and drawn by... I can't see her name. Uh, Siobhan Keenan. Uh, and it starts off kind of just not feeling right for me. It's about a, a young girl going away to college. She's going to the college she's going to because her boyfriend's going there, and she has a fight with her best friend as she's leaving because her best friend says, you just always take on the personality of your boyfriend. So, of course, she you know refutes that, but then she goes there, and her boyfriend dumps her, and she realizes her friend was right, but then she's pissed at her friend. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, she ends up in a house full of ghosts. Oh, really? Yep. <laughs> and it definitely got a lot more interesting there. Um, but there, there's some uh, some interesting topics it touches on. Uh, her boyfriend dumped her because he realized he was gay. Um, so it wasn't just, you know, we're in college now and I want to experience new things. He realized that 
he was trying to convince himself that he wasn't gay. Uh-huh. So there's, you know, a heavy subject matter already. Yeah. Um, when she discovers the house with the ghosts, uh, she's basically trying to, uh, she went out on a date with a guy who ends up being real pushy. Mm-hmm. So she's basically trying to uh, get out of a bad situation that is, you know, like implicating that like date rape is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and she stumbles in and then the ghosts end up scaring the guy off. Oh, and cool. then the ghosts kind of have a little bit of pity on her. And then it gets kind of more into their whole situation and stuff. It's something like it. Maybe actually, I, you know, I might be saying that wrong. She might have actually met the ghost first and then. Um, I can't remember exactly. No, she did meet the ghost first. Okay, she definitely met the ghost first, and then when she's trying to get away from this guy, she leads him there instead of back to where she lives. Um, and then they help her out and scare him off. But so, like already, I'm I'm one trade in. I'm starting on the fifth issue, and for as much as it felt like, you know, too too light and easy mm-hmm. at first, got you know got pretty heavy with stuff. That's but it's, cool. it's still been a, a fun read. Um. You know, all the ghost stuff is interesting and the way that they kind of explore all that kind of stuff. So Yeah, I'm looking at uh, it on Comixology right now. now. There's like nine issues available up to now. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, I like, so the, that's what I'm on I like right the now. colors on the covers. Yeah, the coloring is good on it. And then all the stuff I have queued up after that. Black Badge, once again, Matt Kent. Nice. Um I've read, I believe, the first trade of that, so I, I downloaded it to kind of give it a quick go through again. But I got three trades of that, which I'm guessing is the whole series. That should be about it, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's kind of nice. I always kind of like being able to read a whole series at once like that because I know that I'll uh, run out of issues, and because I'm not buying them monthly, I'll lose track of where it was at. Yeah. Uh, I downloaded the Bone Parish, uh, or Bone Parish, because I am really loving Colin Bunn. You and I had read Harrow County yeah. a while back, and I love Bone that. Parish is pretty good too. I really enjoy. It. I think I read the first trade of that so far. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Yeah, I got everything that was available from that, which is, I think it's like the first trade, and then a bunch of single issues. Uh, so I, I got that set up. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I I don't recall if I told you this last time about. It. Did I tell you about the sixth gun deal that I got? You didn't bring it up. You mentioned it to me the other day and sent me a picture. Yeah, you got an awesome uh, yeah. deal on that. That must have came up afterwards. Yeah. So it, it was a. Uh, they didn't have a lot available, so I was lucky to get it, and they actually got a few more available, and I was able to help at least one other friend uh, nab the deal. Uh, but Matt Kent had tweeted that um, he he has nothing to do with um, with sixth gun. But he works with Brian Hurt, who's the artist on Sixth Gun. Yeah. Uh, so he was. They've been publishing hardcover, like collections of Sixth Gun, like premium books. And uh, so Kent, they were all signed by Brian Hurt, but then Kent was uh, doing kind of like quick sketches in them. So anybody who bought one for a period of time will get, you know, not only it's signed by Brian Hurt, but get a Kent sketch in it. And so I looked through, and I was like, well. They're sixty bucks for a hardcover. And that's pretty steep. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's worth it, but I had never even read more than like the first trade of Sixth Gun, so I'm not like a big enough fan. Without yeah, it's too much of an investment without being sure. You know, if I had read it before and I knew I loved it, that'd be different. Um, but so I and I keep looking and looking. And I get to the end, and the last deal there is nine trades, the whole run of Sixth Gun, not including the kind of side stories that they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, which Ronnie shared that info with me, um, but nine trades of it for fifty bucks. That's good. Like already, that's that's ridiculous. That's like less than six bucks. Basically, with shipping, it was six bucks a trade. 
Uh, it was 54 bucks shipped. Uh, but then it still said that Kent would do a sketch. So as whereas in the hardcovers, he did a sketch in the book. With this, he just did like a little uh, a little sketch card, like, uh, I don't know, like three by five, four by six, maybe mm-hmm, something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I sent you a picture of that. And he chose the like I had read the first trade, so I kind of knew a little bit. And he chose the exact character I was hoping to get. I, I honestly don't even remember her name offhand because I just started reading it again. And I'm always bad with names. Um, but yeah, so like I got that. I'm dying to read it. I've actually re- I'm in the second issue of it now, but I've mostly been focusing on digital stuff with all this uh, hoopla available to me. But I saw Bone Parish. I had heard good stuff about that, so I got that. And then, same vein, I got The Empty Man, also colon bun, and The Unsound, also colon bun. So we'll we'll see how all those are. Uh, Ronnie knows my typical taste pretty well. Um, so he says that he likes them, but he doesn't know if they're in my wheelhouse. Yeah. So I know they're, they're horror books. I wonder, because I mean, I've, I've read all of Harrow County and loved it. So I wonder if they're pushing, uh, you know, pushing boundaries further than that. But we'll see. Um, something I downloaded the whole re- the whole, all the available volumes of again is Samurai Executioner, which is done by the same um, creators that do uh, Lone Wolf and Cub. Oh, really? So, yep, confident that'll be good. Uh, and that's why I know there's no way in hell I'll actually be able to read all this stuff because there's ten volumes of that that I downloaded, and they're over three hundred pages each. Oh yeah. And then the next batch of stuff came from me seeing one tweet uh, from Ed Moore. I don't know if you uh, follow him on Twitter or not, but he does uh, an Usagi Yojimbo podcast, among other things. Mm-hmm. Um, big comic fan. And he tweeted a picture of a hardcover he was reading. And he was actually tweeting it because it has one of those, like, fabric bookmarks built in, you know? Yeah. Um, and I saw the art, and I said, that it just looked amazing. So I said, what is that? And it's a book called Izuna. I don't remember the creator's names of any of these, but uh, it's on the humanoids label and humanoids is a label that I have. I keep on seeing them pop up like on comiXology sales. You see the art. It looks really interesting. So he re- uh, recommended two others. So I downloaded, uh, all, I think all that they had on there of Izuna. I downloaded some of the legend of the Scarlet Blades and the Mask of Fudo, those were the three that he recommended to me. And then looking through just all the humanoid stuff they had, which I have a feeling that I'll be da- uh, diving in quite a bit more with my next batch of downloads. Uh, I downloaded one volume of The Inkle to try that out. And um, and one other one. And I wrote it so poorly, I actually don't know what I wrote down. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I downloaded a couple other uh, humanoids volumes. So I'll be, I'll be checking out that publisher some. Um, but... Ed says very good things, and I saw the art in Izuna, and uh, the Inkle is Mobius art, so I don't think I can go wrong there. I don't think so. And that is my story of my Hoopla downloads. That's a lot to read, but at least there's no pressure. It's not like you've actually invested money in it. And it's, yeah, well, I've, got, <laughs> I've got enough stuff to read that, read that I've invested money in that I haven't read. So <laughs> yeah. That's a whole nother set of pressure. I'm looking here at the sixth gun that you brought that up. I didn't realize that they had all the side issues or side little yeah, there's, mini series or whatever. That there's like four trades of side material. I believe Ronnie said one of them is uh, like a prequel. Uh, and then the rest are just side stories and stuff like that. And uh, Ronnie had done some looking around and it sounds like they're a pretty good price on Amazon. I think he said like nine bucks a trade, something like that. Oh, yeah. 
I'll have to check that out too. Then I really enjoyed that series, Six Gun. I, uh, I of course finished uh, Folklords. I told you about it last time. Um, I started reading DMZ again, the second volume of that. I'm enjoying that, of course. I really love the first That's volume. One, I read the first volume of it a long time ago, and I liked it, but it's the kind of book that I feel like I can only read so much of a time. Yeah. So, you know, so much at a time. But then when I don't read it for too long, I don't feel like continuing with it either. Right. So I tried picking it up again, and I read some of the first volume again, and then just kind of petered out with it. But that's one that I actually could get on Hoopla also and read the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's something I should do. Because um, that's uh, Brian Wood, right? Yeah, Brian Wood. Yeah. That's what I did with Northlanders. I just queued up everything, and I just pounded through it. Yeah. I that, really enjoyed Northlanders. I did, too. I did, too. Uh, you've been sharing comicsology freebies on Twitter and uh, I, I haven't started. I got the Brew Baker Winter Soldier, and then you also shared about uh, Matt. Speaking of Matt Kent and uh, Brian, uh, I'm sorry, Hurt, right? Uh, Poppy. I read that last Sunday. Uh, as far as just like a one, you know, how about what's about a hundred and how many pages is it? It's 141 pages. I, I enjoyed that story because i just i'm a sucker for it even if it's like a kind of a kid story but it's not necessarily um i loved it and uh i got caught up on gideon falls and i'm oh my god if uh, if that tv show is still in production man that's gonna be it's gonna be a a hit it has to be as long as they they put the right people in it because that story is insane and then I found another weird one and I still don't know what I think about it i'm I can't stop reading it because I got five issues of it I think that's all there are God shaper have you ever heard of that I've heard of that one I haven't read it but I've heard of I it I got it it's a strange it's a war it's a Simon Sperrier and then Jonas Goonface. I don't know if that's the guy's real name or not, but that's the artist. <laughs> and the art's really nice. Um, it's by Boom. And it's a world where um, technology, like in the 50s, all of a sudden all technology, like engines and refrigerators, everything just stops working. And it turns out, it's revealed that there are, like, everybody has a god, like a little tiny god that they got to feed. And it makes a huge change to society. It's hard to explain for me. But, and basically, but there are people that are called shapers who can actually like make the gods more powerful and things like this. Um, and the bigger your god is, of course, the more, I guess, esteem you have in society and, uh, influence and control over things. Um, and it's an interesting story because they're outcasts. But they're also needed, so it's like a they, they're kind of like people will bring them in the back door of the house just to have them do a job for them, and then like shun them and kick them out, or you know, not even pay them for what they're doing. It's uh, I'm gonna get, I'm fighting through it because there's some interesting. I think you, I think you'd find it interesting. They come up with some strange lingo that uh, that I'm still having trouble figuring out what it means because they have their their own little phrases because the history is different for the last 50, 60 years. But the art, I think you'd like the art. It reminds me of the art in uh, 
and Ether. I don't remember who did the art for Ether. Was that David Rubin? I think it might be, yeah. But I've enjoyed the heck. I'm enjoying it enough to where I like Because I think I bought it, and I don't know, somebody recommended it. And I was like 99 cents an issue, so I'm like, I'll do it. So I, I've been reading through that. And then I saw that uh, Man of Steel, Superman Man of Steel by Venditti, was 99 cents an issue on Comics All So I went ahead and grabbed the first two of it. And I've, I don't read a lot of the Capes and Cows stuff anymore I have in the past. But I enjoyed the heck out of the, of the first issue. It was just like a really nice, concise adventure story just kind of how i like like superman to be just or even batman it doesn't have to be a long elaborate plot that goes over a long thing it's just like kind of reminds me back in the day when i'd watch this old black and white superman uh tv show and like every week he'd face a confrontation and he'd he'd of course win but you know it's like just not too involved and uh because Superman's always one of those weird characters to me where he seems like he's, he's got to be hard to write because he's so unbeatable, you know, unless you got a yeah, big, you have to make it compelling, but you can't take away what he is, at least not too easily. And it also like, he's such an old character, you know, what are you going to do with him? Like, yeah, you know, I'm like you where I, I mean, I, I really like the X-Men have become one of my favorite things in comics, but I'm reading through the Claremont run and that's a long run of stuff. And it took me a while to like really get good at reading it too. Cause you know, like that was an era of comics I'd ever read before. Yeah. And, uh, but like superhero stuff for the most part, um, it like, I can read it for a certain amount of time and then I just fatigue of it. And I think X-Men's an except an exception to that because it's very melodramatic. It's very like real life things not just superhero things all the time. It's like the problems they're dealing with are a lot of real life problems, you know? Yeah. Um, a lot of allegory and what he does and everything. I saw somebody, I forget who, um, had tweeted something and, uh, I, I can't remember the context of it, but somebody, somebody responded and said that Wolverine was their favorite, whatever. And he doesn't, you know, care that he's overexposed and kind of compared him to like the overexposure of Batman. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I said, Wolverine's interesting. Batman's like Cyclops without emotions. Like Batman is too, like when I, I've been to, like trying to figure this out ever since I've, you know, settled into comics. When I started reading comics and like have stuck with it since then, the first thing I started reading was Batman. Yeah. And I was drawn into it because of the, the darkness, the edginess, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. But part of the reason that I can't, like, keep on reading tons of Batman is that's what I want out of it. But most of the time, it can't really be edgy enough. Like, the thing uh, that made me stop reading, uh, was it, I think, New 52 Batman, um, was his arc where he went up against the Joker. And the first issue starts out with the Joker killing the the lights in a police station, going around and killing cops one by one. It was just like, so like terrifying and heavy. Yeah. And it just ended so weak that, you know, it didn't end with him killing the Joker. It ended kind of, I don't know. It just ended really weak. It's like they had something really great, but they couldn't, they didn't have the guts to finish it. Sort of. I don't know. It's kind of like, that's what I felt like with it. So I just, I dropped Batman at that point. You know, I didn't didn't hate it or anything, but I was like, you know, no, I'm good with this now, and I never got back into it really. Yeah, 
um, somebody like Logan, he started out without a lot of depth to his character, but they've done so and yes, he's definitely been out overexposed, but at least like I have the blessing of, I didn't read comics in the nineties. So I didn't suffer through most of that overexposure. Um, so now I can be more selective. Uh, and even now he gets overexposed, but there's, um, a lot more leeway with what you can do with the character, I think. And, you know, Batman's character, I feel like is just so, what do you do with it? It's kind of, it's kind of that way with Superman too. Yeah. So if you love it, it's great because you're always going to get it. Right. Yeah. But, um, if it's just, you like it at a certain point, you need something different, even if you like it, I think. Yeah. I, I was reading through when I was working through the essential collections that you sent for X-Men, you sent to me a long while back. Well, yeah, when, when Wolverine's first introduced, he's kind of like just kind of a two dimensional, but there's a point where Claremont definitely added, started adding depth to him and making him more interesting as a, as a character, not just as a, like a, like a fist with a sword sticking out, you know, like he's just not something you throw at for blunt force and violence. He actually became something a little bit more. So, yeah. 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 And I loved that. That was one of my favorite things with reading, um, through the beginning of, of Claremont's run is for so long, he was treated with like such a lack of understanding and a lack of empathy. Like, all the other X-Men judged him just very much just on the surface and were always criticizing uh-huh. and condemning yeah. him. And when he finally started calling them out on it, I thought it was awesome. great. Yeah. Like I loved that. You know, n- nobody understands what he's been through and you know, the reason he is the way he is is because of what he's been through and he's capable of doing what he is because he's seen the need to do it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I I think Wolverine's a su- I mean, Batman, the story of Batman's super interesting, but it's like I've heard the story. It, it, I, I guess like Spider Man is probably a good example where I have that same trouble. The story of Spider Man is really interesting, but I've heard the same story over and over and over. True. And beyond that, it's just like treading water doing the same thing. And when they try to do something different, I don't necessarily like it. Yeah. You know, they had him. Um, one point, I tried to dip back in, and they had him basically like being Spider Man, but basically he was Tony Stark, and I didn't like it. Like Spider Man needs to be, you know beat down and trying to fight his way, you know, out of stuff. But how long can you do that for? I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I saw a, a writer, a comic writer. I, I, forgive me. I can't remember who it was, but he was taking questions the other day. And one of the questions was like, who would you like? Who's your dream character to ride? And, uh, I th- something came up about Batman. He's like, I would say Batman, but, I'm not worthy of it. It's kind of intimidating and 12 other people have already done a hundred times better than me. It's like, they've already done the best stories are already have been written almost for Batman when it's that long of a storyline. I'd like to tackle more of it. I like to, I just dip my toes in and out every once in a while. Like I'll read a story arc, um, or, uh, you know, uh, a few issues here and there. I, I read the like I was I was enjoying the Tom King um, series up until a point where there's a scene where these two people they build a boat and escape off of this island by chewing bubble gum and making a boat out of it. That drove me nuts. <laughs> I was like I can't go any farther. I know it's I know it's make believing, but I, I just can't I can't go any farther. But I was enjoying the heck out of the out of that Tom King's writing for that. Yeah. Yeah, I had read um, 
some of Tom King's run, like with the the whole rebirth launch, and I enjoyed it. What I read and the arc with uh, Gotham Girl and Gotham. Yeah, I like I that. Don't remember exactly? Yeah, I liked it, but I just like that was kind of like the Joker one where I felt like it was so strong and it ended. Like, it took a little bit of an easy out at the end. I felt like they could have done it so much better right at the end of that, and they took it the easy way out with it. Um, I, I, I don't remember it exactly now, but that was the point once again where I was like, all right, I think I'm good with this now. You know, I stopped uh, stopped reading that. Um, but yeah, you know, I think that's, you know, unless you love the, the property so much that it just doesn't matter. You know, it's kind of like I was saying about uh, Deja Thoris, where the story was fine, but I don't care about the property, and I feel awkward reading a comic with, like, you know, almost completely naked people in it. Yeah. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm good on this. Um, you know, I think it's like that with anything. Uh, if you just like it okay, you can read it for a little bit, and if, you know, if you love it, like, I mean... I've read Ninja Turtles for over 100 issues. I mean, if you look at the the side series, they're already always running two. I've read Ninja Turtles for like over 200 issues with IDW. Yeah. And it's not like it's always the greatest thing ever made, you know, but it's solid, and I love the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I can read 200 issues of that and never miss an issue and be totally happy. So, uh, yeah, you know. As, you know, we, we see certain people that are always battling with uh, – how they feel about the things that maybe they used to love or, you know, maybe they just don't like what it's doing right now. Uh, and I don't know. I think it's sometimes it's better to, to ease in and out of stuff instead of sticking to something a hundred percent. If you're not feeling it, then put it aside for a while and go back to it, I guess. True. Good, good point. Yeah. Aside from that, I've watched almost in the last week. We watched almost every Wes Anderson movie with my eighteen-year-old. <laughs> she, she's like, I don't think I've ever seen that, but I think I should watch him. I'm like, okay, lucky for you, I have almost all of them. So we, uh, <laughs> we went all the way from Bottle Rocket to Rushmore, Titan Bombs, Live Aquatic, and uh, Darjeeling Limited, and uh, I always call it—is it Moon Rise Kingdom or? Moonlight King. I think so. Yeah. I always get it mixed up. Anyhow, I for, I forgot how. I think I really don't. If, if I could like erase one of those, though, I'd erase the Life Aquatic. Something fell weird with me in that one. <laughs> I mean, I love Bill it's Murray. Been a long time since I watched it, I actually I have I, I bought that one. Uh, the last time I bought some Criterion movies from uh, Barnes and Noble when they were having their half off sale. Because that's one where it's Criterion, but they also have just like a regular DVD release. Nothing special about it, but it's still Criterion. So I got it for like three bucks. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'll grab that, you know. Uh, I haven't watched it again. And I remember, because the first one I ever saw was The Royal Tenenbaums. Mm -hmm. I don't believe I saw any of his other movies. I might have seen Rushmore. I don't think it really like resonated with me the first time if I watched it before Tenenbaums, but... I loved the Royal Tenenbaums. The first time I watched it, I just absolutely loved it. And that had me kind of hooked on Wes Anderson. Yeah. So I went back and I watched Bottle Rockets, which, you know, definitely like that being his first movie, you could tell. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then Rushmore, he definitely like had his style by then. Tenenbaums, I think, was, was great. Um, Life Aquatic, I think that they're... 
it's it's one of those where it's like he's doing another thing that's the same thing he always does, and you kind of expect more, especially coming off of one like Tenenbaum that I thought was fantastic. Like that's still one of my absolute favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a few movies that, depending on kind of what kind of movie I want to watch, that's one of my favorite movies. Um, Be yeah, Life Aquatic just uh, was a little bit different. I think it was a um, needed to be taken lighter. And, you know, most of his movies have a little little too much weight or a lot of weight to them. Yeah. You know, Darjeeling Limited after that, I think, was one that had a lot of extra weight on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you also have Fantastic Mr. Fox. You have The Isle of Dogs. See, those are two I have those. not seen yet. I'm like, now I need to go yeah. check the, the animated stuff. There you go. You got to get those and watch them, yep, too. Yep, yep. <sighs> I don't think I've watched a whole lot of stuff. I wanted to watch more stuff. I watched one more Zatoichi movie. Um, yeah, I don't think I really watched much of anything. This has been mostly reading comics, and then I am uh, on the seventh of eight chapters of Red Dead Redemption 2. I'm on the first epilogue, and there's a second epilogue, and I'm almost done with the first epilogue. Um, so getting through that game was a big part of what I spent my time on during the couple weeks I wasn't working. Um, and then since then, kind of trying to keep going through it, and that's a heck of a game and a heck of a story. So that's been fun. Yeah. Um, another thing that's been happening recently. So uh, I don't know if you've been seeing on Twitter, uh, our, our good friend Ronnie Barron mm-hmm. has had wonderful mail hauls left and right. Um, he's been getting a lot of good stuff. Uh, I don't want to tell his story as to why he's getting it all, but. I saw he's getting all this stuff, and I know he loves hardcovers and omnibuses and collections and stuff like that. And I have a handful of stuff that I, I like. Like, I got it because I wanted it, and I got it for really good deals. But I was also like, these books have been sitting there, and I haven't really read them, any of them. Um, so I asked him if he was interested in any of them. So he ended up buying a handful of things off of me, which gave me some money to spend. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I did was... Uh, I went to in-stock trades, and uh, I looked around. I was debating a couple of things. One thing I got is I got the three uh, mind management omnibuses. Nice. So they're, they're paperback. Before, I had had all the hardcovers, and I actually sold them to another friend and then used the money to buy it all digitally because I knew that would be easier for me to read. Um, and I was kind of trying to downsize a bit. But I kept on debating getting these because they're, they're very affordable. Uh, each omnibus is like 14 bucks. And I think there's, uh, I should say on in stock trades, they're 14 bucks. Cause you get like 42% discount with dark horse stuff. Um, so good price. And I think with Matt Kent, there's really something about reading it physically, mm-hmm. you know, like taking the time to look at all the text around the edges of the page and stuff like that. Yeah. When I read it digitally, I mostly just, I, I ignored that and, and kept going with reading it. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting those and rereading uh, his stuff. Then I got two other books uh, I was looking through, uh, and I found a book that is a hardcover collection of Usagi Yojimbo covers. Oh, really? And yeah, yeah, this one, and it's a pretty hefty book. If I remember, it's like over 300 pages. And um, yeah, so I, I love Usagi Yojimbo. You also got the Usagi sketch in, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, so I got so I got um a commission of Usagi from Rafer Roberts. I got uh Stan Sakai was offering if you bought anything from his website, 
for a period of time, he was going to sign and remarket. And I ordered a sketch cover and I even went in the, cause you can put comments for your order. And I said, Hey, I got this like literally just so you could remarket on the cover. So, you know, kind of do whatever you want. Um, you know, kind of showed my appreciation, uh, for what he's done. Uh, so yeah, he, he did uh, like a nice big Usagi image on the cover. Um, yes, I got both of those. Yes, I, I found this hardcover of um, a collection of covers from the like 35 years of Usagi Yojimbo. And they had another book called The Stan Sakai Project. And I messaged a friend of mine who's a big uh, Usagi fan. He's the one who got me into Usagi. And asked him about both of those books. And I said, do you have these? And I wanted to kind of get his feedback on them. And the other one, he said, well, it's other people doing... Stan Sky's character. So for him, that that wasn't something he was interested in. For me, it was something I was more interested in. I have a couple other books like that. There's uh, the Hellboy Project mm-hmm. that has a um, hundred different uh, artists doing um, like doing a drawing on a sketch cover from Hellboy. Mm-hmm. And then I have a TMNT 100 Project also. It's the same thing. And I love seeing all those different artists and you know seeing different interpretations. But then also getting to see some artists you really like, anyways, doing some of your favorite characters. So I was looking through, I was trying to find some images from this one, and so I, I Googled it, and on Dark Horse's website, I believe it was, you could actually like see some interior pages. And the one that sold me on it, I had seen this image before years ago and didn't really know what it was uh, or where to get it, is there's uh, Mike Mignola mm-hmm. did Usagi. Oh. I loved that. And so I saw that. I was like, yep, I'm getting this. So I got both of those Oh, things. that's cool. Yeah, so my uh, with my my money from selling to uh, to Ronnie, I got those, and then I also am getting one more sketch cover from Rafer. Uh, and I was gonna go one way, but the last one I was like, "Hey, do you mind if I change my mind?" And he's doing me one with um, Wolverine and Nightcrawler. Oh, I don't have any X Men stuff, so wow, I was like I, I need to get some with X Men on it. You've got quite a wall going now. Yeah. Art wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, I've got quite a bit. Rafer will now have as many pieces up on my wall as uh, as uh, J.K. Woodward. Oh yeah, yeah. Who had a, a bunch of stuff build up from him because he's a, a friend of mine, and so it was like he and he does great art. So I'd always reach out to him for stuff when I was in the mood for something. Also, both of them have ridiculously you know affordable prices. Uh, but yeah, so that like that's pretty cool and exciting. And the one other thing I did, I don't know if you saw us tweeting about this all on Twitter, but IDW is having this ridiculous sale. They have these bundles, and I ended up getting two of them. I showed my cousin. He, my cousin, got an X Files one, and then ordered a few other random things to get the price up to thirty five bucks to get free shipping. Uh, the bundles are twenty five bucks each, and uh, I got a TMNT bundle and I got a GI Joe bundle. And each bundle has multiple hardcovers, trade paperbacks. Like even one item in the bundle is pretty close to being worth the price of the bundle. Yeah. Um, so those are just like so chock full of good stuff. Like the GI Joe one, the the selling point for me is that there's a hardcover like special edition of the silent issue that they did. And I've never read this issue, but I've had so many people tell me about it. But they did a silent issue, like back in the original GI Joe run. Really. And so it's a hardcover uh, edition of it uh, that will have a bunch of bonus material and stuff like that. And the TMNT one I got um, has uh, the art of biography, which I had actually had before and I sold to a friend of mine uh, when I was kind of downsizing. But it has just, I mean, obviously anything with a bunch of, um, you know, turtle art is going to be something I like. Mm-hmm. 
but it has that. It has another collection of, you know, art and stuff like that. So, like, that one was really good for me. That was, they had the Heroes Bundle and the Villains Bundle. I didn't get the Villains Bundle because it's basically just a bunch of trade paperbacks that I have in other collections already. But if you wanted to get into Ninja Turtles, the Villains Bundle is 25 bucks, And if you, shipping is like 10 bucks, So you either, like, just buy 10 bucks worth of other stuff and get free shipping. Or buy two bundles and spend 50 bucks and get free shipping anyways. But the Villains one is great if you just want to get into the Turtles. Because you get um, the first trade. You get the two villains trades, which were um, when they first launched the side stories that were going on was they had eight issues of hero stories and then eight issues of villain stories. But it has the secret history of the Foot Clan, which is fantastic. Uh, Santa Luco does the art in it. It was written by Eric Burnham, but um, from what he says, it was um, heavily, heavily planned out by... Uh, Matteo Santaluco, hmm. who has done a lot of other TMNT art as well. Um, he's done a lot of other good stuff. He's a very good artist. Um, yeah. So, anyways, uh, a lot of other good stuff in that. But that's one if you like. If you wanted to get into the Ninja Turtles, uh, you should check that out. I'll send you a link to it if you want to check it out. Sure. It's easier than trying to figure out. I know somebody else tweeted, <clears throat> so I'll find it. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, so I got a lot of fun stuff that's still supposed to come in. And it's all from just selling other stuff I've had sitting on my shelf. Keep it moving. <laughs> yeah. That's about all I've got, man. <laughs> We've been pretty, <laughs> my work has been so, it's really kicked into high gear. Like you said, yours has been crazy. And I've just been listening to audiobooks all day long. I've burned through the, I've, I've listened to, the Rise of Skywalker novelization and like three other audiobooks in the last week and a half. Just burning through them. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I've, uh, I guess I haven't listened to a whole lot of stuff lately. I don't know. I've been dabbling in, in music, like jumping all over the place with music. One thing, so I, I kind of realized this, uh, like right when everything started going crazy and, and stores started closing down and stuff. Um, but it just dawned on me that my truck has a, a cassette player. Yeah. And I've just kind of ignored it because when I first started using it, because uh, it's actually before we had Sammy, it was my wife's truck. But then when she became a stay at home mom and I was going to work, we basically swapped vehicles because the, the car is going to be where Cam- where Sammy is basically. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Oh good. I found this link. Um, so I had a, like a cassette player adapter in the truck for playing, you know, music for my phone, whatever. And then when that died, instead of getting another one, somebody had shown me one of the, the, like the Bluetooth things that you plug into your cigarette lighter and you, set your radio station and like coordinate what radio stations they're tuned to. Um, but, uh, so I just started using that. I just, I just never even thought about it again, really, you know? Um, but then the other day I was like, you know, thinking, you know, you and I have talked about VHS tapes and watching movies that way. And we've talked about, you know, listening to music in different ways where we're like slowing down and listening. And, um, you know, I've gotten, uh, slowly into getting records again for that reason. So it's like, you just got to listen through what you're listening to. And it's not as much as like, you know, picking your favorite songs and skipping around. And one day I just, I was like, man, I got a tape player in my truck. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. should go to Bull Moose and get some tapes. Yeah. But by then Bull Moose was closed down with all that's going on with the pandemic. And, um, yeah, so I've been like, oh man, I got to figure out how to get some cassette tapes now. 
So obviously stuff still isn't open back up, but I messaged a friend of mine out in California and uh, there's some different hip hop stuff that I've been wanting to listen to anyways that you can't even find. Like, I mean, De La Soul, for example. Uh, I love De La Soul and you can't buy their music anymore because it's all out of print because Tommy Boy won't print it because of uh, sampling rights with uh, digital content now. It's ridiculous. So I asked him if he would just dub me some cassette tapes. Like I asked him, do you have a boom box with a cassette player? in it? And he said, yeah. So I said, Hey, would you make me some cassette tapes? So he said he'd do that. So at some point he'll get, you know, give me some cassette tapes of different stuff. I told him I want De La Soul and whatever else he wants to, to do. Um, yeah, I'm kind of excited about that. Like different way of listening to music, just throw a cassette in my truck and stuff and like choose something on Spotify where there's too many options. Yeah. And, yeah. That's one of those things. It's always kind of nice being limited. That's one of those weird things. Uh, I guess that's back <clears throat> when I started collecting video cassettes, videotapes. I started finding good deals. And uh, at the same time, I started finding, I'd find like cassette tapes, audio cassettes. I was like, why not? <laughs> you know, I just started uh, picking them up because they're so inexpensive, like 10 cents for a tape. It's like this. There's an option. I have a cassette player in my house. I have, well, you know, I have, my record player has a cassette player also in the lodged into the side of it. So it's kind of like yeah. best of the both it's like worlds. Most places to sell them. It's just crap they want to get rid of, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you you just made it dawn on me. What made me think about it in the first place is uh, my cousin Mike got uh cassette tapes of uh the original star wars trilogy so he could watch them without any of the future digital edits they did yeah um so that's what that actually was what made me think of it is he got those and i was like oh yeah and you know he has a vhs player but i just thought about it and it just for some reason made it pop into my head like hey i've been thinking about all this different stuff with music i have a cassette player in my truck like i could, I could totally find just random cassettes to listen oh, to oh yeah but any stores open back up, I guess, be able to do that. So yeah, yeah. One of these days, though. All right, though. I guess uh, I guess this is what happens when we talk more than every <laughs> two months. Uh, we're gonna have stuff to talk about. The last two weeks have been busy, so I definitely haven't had as much time to uh, come up with stuff to talk. True, about, but true. We'll talk again soon. This was good. I enjoyed this. Um, yeah. You needed a break. Yeah. It was nice. Today was nice. It was today's been my first day off in a week. My store is closed today, so there's not any potential that I have anything to disrupt me. And uh, I needed that. Just a nice, quiet day. You know, like I said, I went to the store, got hot dogs and a steak, barbecue with Sammy, and uh, just had a nice, quiet day. Actually, when we get done here, I'm gonna go give him a bath. So there you go. Normal life stuff. Normal life. <laughs> All right. Well. Anybody wants to hit us up on Twitter, you're at MD Sparkman. I'm at Goose Paul. Otherwise, uh, we'll talk to you later. Adios, everybody. We dig, 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 dig,
wasn't terrible. That was pathetic. Boom.